Welcome to the GSI Briefing Podcast. I'm Audrey Lane, Policy Director of the Garden State Initiative. Today, I'm honored to introduce Republican State Senator Vince Palestina from New Jersey's second legislative district, which encompasses nearly all of Atlanta County, including Atlantic City, as our special guest. Prior to his election to the State Senate in 2021, Senator Palestina served in the State Assembly during the Christie administration. An engineer by trade, Senator Palestina resides in Egg Harbor Township and serves on the Senate Higher Education Committee and the State Government Wagering, Tourism and Historic Preservation Committee. In Trenton, Senator Palestina has been a pragmatist, willing to work with people in both parties while putting the interest of his South Jersey district first. Senator, thank you for joining me on the GSI briefing. Great to be here, Audrey. Thank you. One piece of your legislation that caught our eye at GSI is your bill S-1723, which directs the Secretary of Higher Education to study the extent and cause of outmigration of high school graduates to out-of-state colleges. How did this become a focus of yours? So it's uh, why I got back in the legislature, Audrey. I was in the assembly from 2008, 2011, uh, lost an election in 2011, came back in 2021 because my kids at that point were a little older, you know, 16 and 15 at that time, now 18 and 17. I have 17 year old twins and they were getting ready to, uh, you know, for the next phase of their life and uh, going to school. And I look around South Jersey and I see, uh, you know, an area where we don't provide as many opportunities for children to get educated here or trained here and remain here and have opportunities. And so this is really why I'm back as the Senator for District 2, because really related to my own life, my own experiences, and really trying to create opportunities for people to get educated here, trained here, have opportunities here, and remain in New Jersey. Speaking about the economy more broadly, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, during the past 12 months, New Jersey's experienced the highest increase in unemployment of any state in the nation. But despite this ominous news, some of your colleagues want to extend the 2.5% corporate business tax surcharge and use that revenue to shore up New Jersey transit. Governor Murphy has said no, as has Senator Paul Sarlo, who chairs the Senate Budget Committee. Where do you stand on this, Senator? I absolutely agree with the governor, Senator Sarlo, and others who said this was a temporary surcharge. And people, you know, as you know, businesses make decisions based on the regulatory environment and the tax environment that they expect to be in place. And so businesses have already made decisions on this based on this surcharge expiring, it must expire because we have you know, gone with the assumption that it was temporary, it needs to be temporary. We need to do a lot of things in New Jersey from a tax standpoint, from a regulatory standpoint to encourage businesses and job growth and opportunity. Uh, and this is a key component to make sure we are providing businesses, providing employers with the ability to conduct their businesses, to provide jobs and give people, you know, an ability to make ends meet. And so I absolutely agree with them. It needs to expire. As a follow-up, what can New Jersey do to be more competitive again? Yeah, I really believe that the one thing that we can do quickly and effectuate real change is from the regulatory standpoint. We've heard about it, and I know the Christie administration, you know, and Regina and those associated with Garden State Initiative are, are really key on this. But, you know, people will do projects, will take risk and do developments 
but they need certainty on timing and they need certainty on what the costs are going to be. And so I really think as a short term measure to try to encourage you know, people to put capital to work and get things done in New Jersey, we have got to streamline this regulatory environment. We've got to get people from point A to point B in a much quicker, easier you know, fashion where they're not getting, you know, strung out by the DEP or by our other agencies. And so I think from a short-term standpoint, that's one thing that we could do to really uh, get things going in New Jersey and create more jobs. Your colleague, Senator Declan O'Scanlan, warns the state's headed toward a fiscal cliff once federal funds related to COVID run out. As a Republican in the minority and a voice representing the southern part of the state, what solutions do you see? We got to create more economic activity and it goes back to, you know, the regulatory environment. But, you know, representing Atlantic City, uh, you know, I see a city that's got some challenges, but also some tremendous opportunities. We have the beach, we have the boardwalk, you know, and it's a tremendous economic engine for New Jersey. And if we can, you know, get back to work, uh, working together for the city of Atlantic City, uh, trying to get the, you know, the partnership with the state extended, trying to get this payment in lieu of taxes extended, trying to encourage internet and uh, sports gaming and now esports. Uh, we have some tremendous opportunities down here in South Jersey to really be an engine for the entire state to create more revenues and to create an industry unlike any other because of our geography. And so I really think we need to look at our coast, uh, hopefully, you know, no offshore wind, um, but, you know, look at our coast, look at our, you know, our natural geography and try to see what we can do in New Jersey to really start building from the coast inward and really take advantage of the uh, natural opportunities we have here. Since you brought it up, let's talk about energy. About two months ago, Danish company Orsted canceled its Ocean Wind 1 and Ocean Wind 2 projects, doing a setback to Governor Murphy's energy master plan and the push to make New Jersey a leader in offshore wind development. Despite that, last week, Governor Murphy directed the state's Board of Public Utilities to accelerate a new offshore wind solicitation in early 2024. This directive is a clear sign that New Jersey is still aiming for the goal of 100% clean energy by 2035. As you mentioned, this is home for you, literally, as coastal waters off Atlantic County would be directly impacted. What are your constituents saying and where do you stand on the governor's energy agenda? Well, Audrey, I think we need to have a real honest conversation about energy policy in New Jersey. Uh, the notion that we're going to have all electric vehicles by 2035 is ludicrous. It cannot happen. We don't have the grid to make it happen. We don't have the energy production to make it happen. You know, we're not going to put electric charging stations in a lot of people's homes and all over the place. We have not talked about, you know, some of the weight limits on some of our bridges and how much heavier some of these vehicles are. We haven't talked about substantively the fires that uh, can be created from these uh, vehicles. And, you know, think about the impact in a parking garage in Atlantic City or something like that. So there are a whole host of issues that we need to talk honestly about as regards to with regards to energy. You know, how are we going to create the all the power we need? Uh, um, and how is the grid going to accept that power? And so I just think that this stuff where we're like playing politics and announcing these things that are not in any scenario possibly going to happen are, are detrimental to the to a real honest conversation. We should stop, take a step back, get in a room, and let's have a real conversation about energy in New Jersey. How can we produce the power necessary at a reasonable cost for people? And of course, cost has got to be a key component of the discussion. Back to another difficult issue, debt. 
A recent report by the nonpartisan truthandaccounting.org ranked New Jersey dead last in the country for the second year in a row and the bottom five of all 50 states for the 14th year in a row when it comes to debt. According to Truth and Accounting, each individual taxpayer would need to pay the state more than $53,000 to be debt-free. With this backdrop, then I want to talk about the New Jersey Transportation Trust Fund Authority, or the TTFA. For the benefit of our listeners who may not be familiar, the TTFA is an independent agency whose mission is to finance the cost of all aspects of the state's transportation system. So far, there's been little public discussion of any plan for the trust fund reauthorization as we approach the 2024 deadline. Given our debt issues, what is your confidence level that we will achieve a long-term solution? I think we have to achieve a long-term solution on this. Obviously, you don't, you cannot keep kicking the can down the road with debt and just incurring, you know, more and more debt for future generations. We got to control spending, uh, you know, as an overall backdrop to this. But I think as it relates specifically to the transportation trust fund, you know, back to the discussion on energy, we got to have a real conversation. And I think the first step is really taking a look because these electric vehicles, because they're not, you know, getting gas, they're not paying for the taxes necessary to support the transportation trust fund. And so we are losing revenue in the transportation trust fund as we transition to some of these electric vehicles. There's gotta be a surcharge on the registrations or some mechanism where we do charge these electric vehicles are heavier, uh, they're getting more prevalent. They're having more of an impact on our roads and bridges. They need to pay their fair share. And I think that should be the first step in, in this conversation is have a conversation about, you know, whether it's through a surcharge on the registration or another mechanism where these electric vehicles start to pay what they should be paying for the use of our roads and bridges. And I think that's a short term, you know, again, short term answer to trying to solve some of these problems. And we should start having that conversation now. In closing, Senator. What are your priorities for 2024 and 2025? And how can you bring Republicans and Democrats together to address them? So it's going to be a little more parochial because being from South Jersey, Atlantic County, you know, we have tremendous needs here in Atlantic City and the region. So obviously, as I mentioned, I want to see Atlantic City flourish and thrive. We're going to be facing competition from New York uh, gaming in the near future. Um, so we really got to reinvest in this city. We got to work together, you know, get it clean, safe, well lit, get more public safety, all the things necessary for Atlantic City. The Atlantic City International Airport has been underutilized. Uh, we have to figure out how, from a regional perspective, can we better utilize the Atlantic City International Airport, the aviation industry that we're building, you know, in conjunction with the airport and the FAA facility and the military base that we have there. You know, how can we better utilize some of the um, some of the things we have down here in South Jersey. So that is going to be key. I think as it relates to Atlanta County working together, I think we have done it in the last two years. You see me trying to do what is right for the people of the county, you know, working with the governor when I have to. Certainly, I know in areas like energy where I am completely in uh, on an opposite uh, you know stance from the governor saying that, but we can work together. We've done it with the Atlanta County Prosecutor. We've done it with the Superior Court judges. We've done it with appointments to various boards. We've done it with the budgetary stuff and bringing some capital here. So I think Atlanta County provides a blueprint 
for how to get it done and how Republicans and Democrats to work together. We've got a lot of challenges, a lot of things that need to be done. But I think as long as we are not just playing to the cameras and, you know, trying to trying to get out there on social media and just attacking the other side, have real co honest conversations in rooms and, and get things done, it can happen. So looking forward to it. Excited to get back there and get going again. Senator, thanks for joining me on the GSI briefing today. Thank you for everything you're doing and thank you for doing this and I appreciate the time. The GSI Briefing is produced by the Garden State Initiative. For more information about GSI, visit us at gardenstateinitiative.org and be sure to follow us on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to the GSI Briefing on the podcast platform of your choice. And please leave us a good rating. This is Regina Agia, and thank you for listening.